we will not back down for we've been filled with God's dunamis power we've been filled with his glorious power we've been filled with him we are filled with him come on victorious ones rise up and speak it out I am victorious in Christ no man no woman no person can change or stop the the will of God in me which is victory I am victorious you are victorious in Jesus mighty name hallelujah thank you Jesus praise you father praise you father hallelujah glory yes God hallelujah well today I have got the second part of our message Christ the healer part two Christ the healer part two but before I get into the message that I have prepared today there are a few things I want to share with you all say come on bring it on bring it on bring it on what are you gonna share with us before the message <laughs> well I already started and I already told you that you are victorious and nothing is going to stop that. Amen. Nothing is going to change that. Amen. In Matthew 16 verses 18 and 19, Jesus said to Peter on this rock, I will build my church. And he said in the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it on this rock. He says, I shall build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It shall not prevail against the church. You are the church and the gates of hell Hades shall not prevail against you you gotta know that you gotta know who you are come on Cynthia receives it that's right she receives it in the name of Jesus but see that's the problem not all of the church receives it you're not defeated you're not discouraged you you didn't lose you're, you're not a quitter and you're not pushed to the side instead you're rising up because nothing's gonna stop the praise of God in me nothing is gonna stop the praise of God in you nothing is gonna stop the will of God in you except for only you and I didn't think I was preaching to a church that is weak that is pushed aside that doesn't know their rights in Christ I think I'm preaching to a church that knows the Holy Ghost fire I think I'm preaching to a church that knows who they are in Christ and refuses to back down amen amen so there are some things we need to hang on to and hang on to for life because I'll tell you right now the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord right the steps of a righteous man your steps are being ordered I don't care what anyone tries to say I don't care because you know what the righteous are as bold as a lion and so you are as bold as a lion first of all first of all I don't even believe this whole thing is over first of all I think that we are still in it to win it I think that we're still in the race and I you know here's the thing no matter who's on the no matter who is in the White House we know Jesus is on the throne I have told you that time and time again I have told you to be strong and to be confident not in man but in Christ Christ alone the hope of glory right with that said I still believe come on I still believe in that third day in that 1159th hour I still believe that there could be suddenlies of God but I want to teach to this church here today and if there is any place within you that might be a little discouraged kick that thing out we got to kick that thing out you know as fast as it tries to come in you got to kick that thing out because here's the thing here's the thing seriously nobody can change the will of God in you nobody can actually cause you to do anything other than what you allow right Amen. 
So what you believe, how you act, what you allow to come forth out of you, nobody can change that except for you. And I know that you're strong in God and you're, and you're choosing to remain strong in him. So regardless of whatever may come to pass, regardless of who is sitting in the, in the White House when that gets firmly decided, uh, here's the thing. If, if someone other than your choice got put in there, right? We have to know this. When times get darker, are we not the light? Amen. And does not the light shine the brightest in the dark? Don't, isn't the opportunity for us as believers in Christ to say, great, this is a holy setup. It is a holy setup. Because when people don't see when they start seeing wickedness abound, when, when, people don't see, when people don't see the word of God coming up and they only see wickedness, they're looking for truth. They're looking for answers. And we have the answers. And it's our job to give out those answers. So I'm telling you right now, this is not a defeat in any way. I don't care how the results turn out. It's not a defeat. You will not be defeated because of the life of Christ in you. So the challenge is, have you firmly, have you firmly decided and is it resolved on the inside of you to be the light and to be the salt in spite of what's, challenge, what's challenging you, in spite of what you're being told. When they say you can't say amen and you can't preach the name of Jesus, when they say if you say amen, you got to say and a woman, are you kidding? Don't you even think about that. Don't even let that thought come clear out of your mouth. I don't think so, no way, no how. And this is the best time to be alive because you get to be the true church. See, we used to say, oh, we're the church. But you know what? Now I don't even say that anymore. Now I'm starting to say the true church. Will the true church arise? Will the true godly church arise? Will the true church that is not in it just for lip service and when it's convenient and when you've got all of your fog machines and when you've got all of your lattes and, and all of your Orange County stuff. Are you kidding? Are you in this because of Jesus Christ? Because he took the price? Because he shed his blood? Because he forgave us of our sins? Or are you in it because it's some kind of a show? So I believe I'm speaking to people that are sold out. I do, I do believe that. I believe that. And we have to. But you know what? And I know there's others. But we have got to continue to go forth in holy boldness. Holy boldness. Because now more than ever, we have people that are looking Where's your God now? Where's the church now? And yeah, it's mockery, but I don't care because mockery is not too hard for our king. I don't care. They tried to do the same from, to, to Jesus, did they not? But he rose out of the grave. He said, really? You just wait. You go ahead and let those three days go by and watch what I do. And by the way, when I rise, I'm bringing people with me. And so just like he rose, you rose too. On that third day. Hallelujah. So no discouragement here because regardless how, of how it goes, you know, we stay, uh, you know, I'm a diehard. I've got faith, faith, faith. Let me tell you, I'm not going to quit until, I'm just not going to quit. But, but the bottom line is this, my faith is in Christ, Christ alone. It's not even in a man. We prayed, we believed, and you must pray and believe and pray to the end. Don't quit. You stand with your convictions. But above it all, you've got to know that Jesus is still on the throne and he's not up there wringing his hands going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen now? Oh no, oh no, because the light's just going to get brighter and darkness is just going to get darker and therefore opportunities are just going to abound because it's going to be so clear. It's going to be so evident. All you have to do is step out, open your mouth and take the opportunities, right? 
Amen. So I wanted to make sure I encouraged you first in that because, you know, we we're, don't take the bait. Don't take the, oh my gosh, now uh, nah, defeat, discouragement. No, 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 no. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greater one lives on the inside of you. So now it's your opportunity to rise up and be the church, the true church. Amen. Yes. It's an opportunity for the church, for the church to mature. It is an opportunity for God's houses to mature and to actually stand firm on the word and to actually believe in the power of God. Forget about all this lip service because the true word of God is demonstrated in power, in signs and wonders. You want to see? You want to see people talk about revival. They talk about reformation. They talk about this stuff. Let me tell you, every single day should be a revival. Every single day in your life should be a reformation. Every single day you have the ability because of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you to take authority, to rise up and to shine for the light of Christ has come. It's true. The light of Christ has come. Yeah, so, you, so therefore you can't be defeated. Not with that mindset. Say, I won't be defeated. There is no defeat in Christ. And, there's, and if Christ is in you, there's no defeat in you. Right? Amen. One more thing I want to say, and I'm going to get to this. And this actually kind of really does go right along with Christ the Healer Part 2. What I'm going to say here in a moment. All this talk about COVID... And all this talk about people um, are fearful about getting COVID, fearful about what they hear and what they see about, about, this, about this virus. You know, I've told you this before, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. We have got, there, there can be no fear, zero fear in a child of God. Zero. Okay, I'm not saying that there is not a virus, and I'm not saying that some are sick and Unfortunately, some even have passed, maybe due to that, maybe not, not, I don't know. I don't believe half of the reports that are out there anyways, because of all the mixture that's out there. Remember what the Lord told me a long time ago, wickedness in high places. There is wicked, there's wickedness in high places. And so in my spirit, I believe there's a lot of baloney and a lot of trash that's being thrown our way, but... Nevertheless, people, some have passed, right? And our hearts go out to the families. Of course, we have compassion. Absolutely. But here's my thing. Here's, here's what I've got to tell you. Because you've got a lot of the church that's so afraid of COVID, and God forbid someone dying, that they, that they stay home. They're so afraid of a virus, and they have forgotten that the authority that Jesus said in his word, he said, I have given you all authority in Luke 10, 19. And he said, you have authority given to you by Christ Jesus. And he said, you have authority to trample on snakes. You have authority to trample on scorpions. You have authority over all, not some, not everything except for COVID. Not everything except for COVID. You have all authority in the name of Jesus. Do you not realize that the minute you hear someone with some kind, whether it be COVID or something else, do you not realize you have authority? Cast that thing out. Get rid of it. It's a spirit. It is a spirit. People just think it's, oh, it's a sickness. It's this, it's that. Do you not know I have had so many people that have called me privately? So-and-so has COVID. And they're fearful. I, okay, okay, fine. But I get, I'm about to rip the head of that demon. Get out in the name of Jesus. And you start taking authority over the spirit of death. You start taking authority over the spirit of death. Because it's a spirit of death. And like I told you last week, I said it's like a plague. Like the old plagues in the Old Testament, like a plague. 
you got to realize if there's a plague going on and you're alive and you're on the scene, you are God's vessel. You are the one that God is going to use to bind up the strong man of death and to cast it out. Jesus. Don't you be saying, oh, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. There's a time and place for that. But let me tell you, this is a wicked agenda from the pit of hell. This is a wicked, wicked agenda from the pit of hell. And so we can't be having, Lord Jesus, help me kind of prayers when it's a wicked agenda from the pit of hell. It's a spirit. And how do we deal with spirits? You chop the head off that thing. You chop the tail off of it. You stomp on that thing in the word of God and you use your authority. That's what we have to do. So unfortunately, I just don't think that a lot of the church is being trained in this way. And it's sad. Because it's the right. It's clearly in the word. And this is part of who we are. Jesus did it. And he said we're to do what he did, actually even more, even greater things, right? So we should be able to do this. So that goes right along with Christ the Healer part two. <laughs> because what? Woohoo! Like the introduction? You're like, yeah, it's true, you guys, because I'm telling you, we fight with the word of God. We fight. You can have zero fear. That's why I said zero. Because the minute that there's a little bit of fear, the devil is like, good, I got that door just cracked open a little bit. Now I'm going to bust that door open. And all the demons of hell, all their cohorts are going to come in and join. That's how it works. You got discouragement. You got deception. You got lying spirits. And you don't even know what in the world's happening. No. Then if that's where you're at, call somebody that knows their authority in Christ. Call somebody that knows their authority and deal with it. Deal with it. Amen? Because there are many times people are sick because it's, it has to do with demons. It has to do with demonic powers. Okay? So people get sick. Two, bottom line, two reasons. Number one, either there's sin in the camp. Somebody's sinning. Sin in the camp. Amen. Sickness comes. First thing you always do before you... If you get sick, the first thing you want to do is check your heart. First thing you want to do is, Lord, show me where there is sin in my heart. If there is sin. Show me, Lord. I repent. Number one. Number two, the other reason that people get sick is good people are doing the right thing and it's just called warfare. Good people are doing the right thing and they're being attacked because they're standing. They're being attacked. The enemy just tries to come in. Remember, this, the, enemy, the word says that the weapons may be formed. They're just not going to prosper unless you let them prosper. Here's what happens sometimes. Here's what happens. People stand in their authority. They're standing in faith. They're standing in their authority. Then something happens, right? Maybe it's sickness because we're talking about sickness today. And, and then they evaluate their heart. I always check my heart first. First and foremost, always. Lord, is there sin in the camp? If there is, I repent. If I can't think of anything, I usually end up repenting anyway, just in case. But then, uh, <laughs> just to cover all the bases, you know? And then sometimes you don't even know your own heart. And, and then once that's done, then I go right into warfare. Right into that devil ripping head off kind of warfare. Right after I repent, 
first key. Number one, regardless if I know if there's anything or not, I go right into warfare. Right after that, I rip off that demon's head. I take authority over every snake and scorpion. I say, no, you don't, devil, get away from my house. Get away from me now. In Jesus' name, I take authority over every symptom. I don't care if it's a lying symptom. I don't care if it's an actual symptom. It goes. We uproot them from the root in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen? But so what happens is a lot of times what people will do is they were standing in faith, warfare started to attack them, and instead of standing in faith, they allowed the fear to enter in. They allowed fear. Fear is sin. So then they get, you know, they don't deal with it, and then they go over to this side. Now it's like they are, they are in sin because they're allowing fear and doubt, and they're questioning everything. And, and, and now they've got the door wide open. They were standing in faith. They were standing ri righteous before God. And it was just an attack, a warfare attack. So know what's going on. And if you're standing for Christ, don't you open the door to fear or anything else that's going to allow the demons to come in. Stand, what does the Bible say? And keep on standing. Amen? When you've done everything else, you stand. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So it is God's will for you to walk in health. It is God's will for all of us to walk in health. We went over a scripture last week, the last time when we were speaking on this topic, and it's John 8. 32. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. We went all, we went through that verse about knowing, not just head knowledge knowing, but knowing in your spirit, man. So when we meditate on the word, we're going to know the word where it's going to sink in. You shall know the truth and it's the truth that you know that actually has the power and the potential to set you free. But it's only the truth that you know that actually has the power and the potential to set you free. Because if you only understand it on a head level, just an intellectual level, then you don't really know it down deep. Therefore, what's available for you, you're not actually taking and applying, not because there's no power in the word, but because you actually let it sit there devoid of power because you're not grabbing a hold of it and say, that's mine. I, the know, I will know the truth and it shall set me free. There's no if, there's no ands, there's no buts. It's true. You got to stand firm. We went all through that in, the, in, in um, Christ the Healer part one. But I wanted to bring that up again. Hosea 4.6. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. That goes right with what I just got done saying. The only time that we perish is when we don't really know and there's a lack of knowledge. We don't know the truth. So in order for us to confidently stand in divine health, we must know that biblically it is our legal right. When you stand biblically knowing it is your legal right to walk in divine healing because it's God's covenant to us. It is his covenant. Now, I'm not going to go through all the scriptures that we went through on part one. You can, you can watch that. It's already up. But today, we're going we're gonna to continue on, and I've got three, three different points here. We need to understand God's, number one, his original intent. We have to understand how it was stolen and when it was restored. Because if you don't know that God's covenant and his plan for you to walk in healing was actually restored, you're going to walk in a lie falling short of the privileges that God's covenant affords you.
You're going to walk without the fullness of it. So number one, God's original intent. Let's go to Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one, verse 26 starting in verse 26. Because God, we know God created man in his own image to be blessed, to subdue. He says subdue, subdue the planet, to have div, dominion over the planet. So let's, I'm going to read from uh, verse 26, and we're going to go to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let us make man in our image. This is God speaking. Let us make man in our image according to, the, according to our likeness. Say, I am made in the image and in the likeness of God. <clears throat> likeness of God. Let them have dominion. God's saying let them have, let my creation have dominion. Say, I have dominion. <clears throat> dominion over the fish of the sea dominion over the birds of the air dominion over the cattle dominion over the earth all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth you have dominion so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female yes Yes, and yes, again. He created them male and female. He created them male, and he created them female. Make no mistake about that. And then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living creature, every living thing, that moves on the earth. He's saying have dominion, and he's saying subdue. He's saying I want you to rule, I want you to conquer, I want you to govern. He's saying I want you to conquer, I want you to dominate. He's given you authority. This was God's original intent, correct? Wonderful. Praise God. But point number two, it was stolen. Most people get stuck in the it was stolen part and think it was still stolen. Nevertheless, let's go over to point number two. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Because when Adam and Eve fell, and they both fell, they lost their possessions given to them by God. Physical, spiritual, and material. So let's look at verse 3.24. So once they had disobeyed, once they listened to the serpent, they listened to the lie. Don't listen to the lie. Know the word. Know the truth. Keep your sword sharp. They listened to the lie. And so therefore, in verse 24, he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the tree of life. So then I hear so many Christians that say, well, we lost our authority, we lost our dominion. Hey, you guys, this is before Jesus came to earth. This is actually before God sent his son to earth to actually bring the restoration, right? Now I'm going to take you to a scripture that is not often spoken about, but this is how it was restored. Let's go over to Leviticus 
Leviticus chapter 25. Because Leviticus in chapter 25 verses 9 and 10 talks about the year of Jubilee. Talks about the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee, and I want you to listen. I want you, I want you to hear this. Because I know this is not often talked about, but here's the key. The year of Jubilee, proclaiming victory, canceling all debts. The year of Jubilee, proclaiming victory, canceling all debts. Let's read verse 9 and verse 10. So verse 9, then you shall cause the trumpet of Jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the 7th month, on the day of atonement, and you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land. And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty. Proclaim liberty. Who has proclaimed liberty? Jesus has proclaimed liberty. We have proclaimed liberty. So he says, you shall proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. A debt canceling. It should be a debt canceling moment for you where the slate has been wiped clean once and for all. So it says a jubilee for you and each of you shall return to his possession. And each of you shall return to his family. This is how God set it up. This year of Jubilee. This is how God set it up. I want you to say Jesus is my Jubilee. Jesus is my Jubilee. Just as it said here to proclaim liberty. In Luke chapter 4. I want you to jump over to Luke chapter 4. Because Jesus said the very same words. About proclaiming liberty. In Luke 4.18. Let's go over to 4.18. Remember, there's nothing new under the sun. Amen. God ties his word together. There's going to be no deception, no place where there's a deaf and dumb spirit over you because you're going to hear the truth and the truth sets us free. Amen. So when Jesus first recorded a sermon in the Bible after he was baptized in the Jordan River and then when the Holy Spirit came and descended upon him in chapter 3 of, of Matthew, right? But then in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, this is what he said. This is what Jesus said. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, to proclaim liberty to the captives. What was captive? He says the year of Jubilee is upon you. And now he's proclaiming liberty to every place of captivity. You are not under a curse. You are not under some Old Testament curse. Jesus already paid the price. He says, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And as Jesus says, so are we. That's what the word says. 1 John 4, 17. As Jesus says, so are we in this world. Not someday, but in this world. And so we know the word says that he sent his word and he healed them. So this was back in the Old Testament. This was prophesied. This is Psalm 107, verse 20. He said, he sent his word. 
and he healed them. So prophetically speaking, before Jesus came as a man, his word was already sent, because we already know he was with God in the beginning. He always was and always will be. But he sent his word prophetically that word was sent ahead of time so for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear they would recognize that we should be a church that believes in the power of God to heal today because it's already been made available through the cross people go oh, but we're still under the curse no you're not you are only under the curse you put yourself under